0: Good morning, everyone. This is Jeff from the CyberPro Podcast, back with a returning guest today. My guest today, as it has been before, is Sandra Stibborns. We had such a good time on our last one. She came up with another compelling episode, so we said, what the heck, let's do it again. So with that, good morning, Sandra.
1: Good morning, Jeff. It's great to be here. I'm really excited because we really did have fun last time.
0: Indeed, indeed. And by the way, we're going to have a new mm, Mm, mask for Sandra on this one. I you think you like it. Uh, in a few sentences, Sandra, can you please share with us or remind us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Absolutely. Well, I own my own company, Camelot Investigations. I've had it for 27 years. I've been a financial fraud investigator for 30, and I started doing open source intelligence trainings about 13 years ago, and I've been offering those all over the world for full trainings from anywhere from two days all the way up to two weeks. And then I also offer presentations at cybersecurity conferences, any money laundering conferences, financial crime conferences, security conferences, and so forth, hacker conferences, lots of those as well. So I've been very fortunate to be able to speak on open source intelligence around the world, but in the meantime, I'm also a full-time investigator Like I said, I do financial fraud, counterintelligence, competitive intelligence, brand protection, uh, corporate due diligence, and all kinds of social media investigations. So I'm a lucky girl. It's kind of a niche audience or a niche world for me. And it's really great, but it keeps me bright. and keeps my mind sharp. So let's talk about the bad guys.
0: As an experienced fraud investigator, share with us what you find to be the most fascinating aspect
1: About what you do the most interesting piece of it is going after the people that think they can get away with it whether it's high-level embezzlement utilizing target websites and shell companies to obtain people's worldwide goods um, whether they're just trying to hide their activity to get away with nefarious being able to go after people like this and catch them is probably the most exciting part of my life as far as work goes because it's really it's really just a sense of relief every time I'm able to provide an investigation, whether it's to law firms or to corporations. When I'm able to provide that court-ready report and know that I've been able to obtain information that nobody else could figure out, digging under the underbelly in places that other people don't see, it really is, it, it's liberating and really exciting. And I'm so fortunate to be able to do these types of investigations.
0: You know, you touched on a really touchy subject, you know, where you're talking about the well-being of others and how more prevalent and easier it's becoming for these bad guys to do what they do and to take down, you know, let's be honest, even bigger sco- bigger and bigger scores. So um, from the, again, from the perspective of being an, inv- an investigator, um, what where do you see this going and what is the top concern that people should be aware of and take countermeasures against.
1: That's a great question because what I find what I find I've actually found this for a very long time but it's getting worse due to the access of the internet. With the internet being so easy to maneuver whether you're using, you know, people hide themselves online, they're able to do it behind VPNs and so forth. The problem that I'm seeing and the biggest concern I have is that corporations, even small businesses are not taking the cyber piece of this seriously. I mean, we also have the human element where people can just talk things out of people on the phone and it's so easy to pretext. But the thing is is the internet, they think if well if we've set up our cyber team where you know the IT people where we have the cyber security we're good to go. They're forgetting about the human element and that is the weakest link in any place. Trying to convince these companies to educate their teams, to protect themselves against people such as my, the kind of capabilities I have, which I use for good, but the bad guys are using those capabilities for bad. And we maneuver and get around online covertly. And they don't realize that they haven't locked something down and it takes one click of somebody in the office to have opened up the network and nobody even knew. You could have a network of 400 computers. Somebody opened up an email and they clicked on something because it looked legit, right? Oh, and they're like, oh, I don't know what that is. They didn't think about it, closed it up. But what they've done is they've then created a complete intrusion into the entire network all through just one human error. So my biggest issue, and as we're moving forward, especially during COVID where it's become so much more prevalent that everyone is online, we need to educate all of these companies from the small business all the way up and even just individuals personally to understand how to protect and know that people are coming at you and they're really good at it and the simplest little mistake can mess up everything and let all of your vulnerabilities out there. And it's really unfortunate because you have that human element. It, it, you can have all the the hardware and the software and all the best security teams in the world but you have one person that could even be the most intelligent person on the team still do something wrong and create the problem for everyone. So education, in my opinion, training on understanding the human side of this is key. And I don't think most companies understand that, but that's the kind of thing that I want people to know.
0: I'm smiling because in the last minute or so, you said the human element four times. And Did I? Yeah. Yes. And and, and so that, that goes... Uh, part and parcel to what you're talking about, hardware and software, right? Hardware and software are predictable. However, the human element or the fallacy of the human element is not. So what insights or advice about how to better protect yourself and limit those vulnerabilities online, especially on the big social media platforms, because sometimes we let our guard down when we're on those platforms. Um, Would you like to share with our community?
1: I love that you say people let their guard down because they really do. They almost have a a sense of security when they say or think that they've privatized themselves. There are so many little tweaks that people can do to protect themselves. The first thing is what I mentioned previously, no clicking. Do yourself a favor, don't click. No matter what, no matter how legitimate it looks, don't click. That is key. Whether it's email or being on a website, it might look legitimate. Hover over the link. See where it's taking you because if it's not an actual real domain and it looks odd, just don't click. Go and open up an independent browser, whether it's on your smart device or your computer. That is the first step of actually doing everything right. You want to protect yourself from vulnerabilities by protecting your identity. When you're online, the first thing you need to do after remembering not to click, um, is using things like a VPN, virtual private network. There are a lot of them out there. I highly recommend the paid versions. However, if you sign up for Proton Mail, you get a free VPN right there. So you can always use their free VPN. A virtual private network basically hides your system's information and keeps you behind their VPN and their server. So you don't have to worry about it being tracked back to you. So when you start going on to the internet, whatever browsers you use, whatever platforms you go to, you're not providing your information. You're providing your VPN's IP address, so you don't have to worry about it. Another thing I recommend, use a secure browser. And what I mean by that is any browser you open, Firefox, Chrome, whichever one you use, you go up to the top right corner. There's a drop down menu there for settings and options and other things, but there's also an option in there. That will say either new private window new incognito window something like that that is a secure browser so when you're working within that it doesn't collect all the cookies and cache and the temporary internet files putting it on your actual computer itself once you close the browser all of that goes away so you don't have to worry about that collecting because all of that type of information actually creates the opportunity for data mining putting malicious items on your system. You can then be sure when you're going onto those social media platforms, you might feel like you're secure, you know, everybody wants to privatize their Facebook. Make sure that their settings are correct on all the different platforms. I'm going to give you a perfect example of when you go on to Facebook, you might privatize your friends, you might privatize your photos. And you might even privatize your timeline but what you don't realize is all the other openings that you've left you need to go into your privacy settings and look at all the ads that are collecting your information is your facial recognition turned on are you allowing people to tag you in photos without you vetting it first there are so many privacy settings that you have to assess in linkedin it's a professional network it's an open network everybody shows their profile but what you probably, a lot of you might not know is when you go look at somebody else's profile, the default setting is to allow them to see that you are looking at the profile. Depending on what kind of work you're doing, you may not want them to know that you stopped by. I can tell you, we don't want them knowing as an investigator that I'm looking at their profile. So I anonymize that. There's a lot of steps to your privacy and what information you're giving out there. You might, so many people make the mistake on LinkedIn Of having their birthday available they don't even know it if you go into your contact information it actually shows your birthday in there if you're allowing people to see it in a professional network although I have colleagues that are also friends I'm not saying happy birthday to anybody on there it's a vulnerability for you that if you are my subject I'm going to utilize that so I'm hoping that the birthday is there but for those of you that are trying to limit your vulnerabilities Don't have your birthday in there. It can be used against you. When you have your experience on LinkedIn, every item that you provide in that experience in every section gives away another piece of you which can snowball into massive vulnerabilities. Say you work for IBM and you've had three or four different positions there. Don't list every position. That's my recommendation, it's up to you. You can put what you want, but it's a vulnerability. Cause if you worked from IBM from 2010 to present and you've held four different positions and you give those different titles for each number of years or timeframes, somebody has that. It's like posting your entire detailed resume. You could just put in there 2010 to present. I've held these, these variety of positions and this is what I can offer, or this is what I do limit the information. So. On these platforms, you need to go into each one of those platforms, into their settings, and go through every single option with a fine-tooth comb because they're looking to make money, so they want your information out there. So when you're going to all these social media platforms, using your VPN and being in a secure browser helps protect your identity, but it's not going to help at all if you start realizing that not all your privacy settings are set correctly. There's sites like... TikTok and Reddit, where those sites are really, really open, you know, if you're logged in and signed up for those, my recommendation is don't post anything that you really don't want the whole world to know, because those are, those types of sites, I can scrape and get everything I want, even if you think you're private. So, you need to assess all the platforms that you're utilizing, and then you also need to assess all the platforms you are utilizing um are yeah, or whether you're searching them or you actually have accounts. The final thing I would say is audit yourself. And what I mean by that is go into Google, go into Bing, search them. And by the way, different search engines give you different information. All right. So when you're searching yourself, go into Google. I'll go into Google and put in Sandra Stibbards in quotes, right? And that gives me the exact phrase. I will run through everything, see if there's anything out there that I want to get taken down. Then I'll search Stibbard Sandra. I'm going to get different results Hmm. in quotation marks. There's a site out there called onerep.com. It's spelled O-N-E-R-E-P dot com. What it does is for a small fee, you can sign up for that, and it will continually remove you from all those online people directories that are out there. And you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like, you know, whether it's, True People Search, Fast People Search, you know, Intellius, Ben Verified, White Pages, Radaris, all of these sites collect and they buy third-party information. So your information is up for sale everywhere. So if you sign up for onerep.com, I'm not a, by the way, I'm not a representative for them, I promise. It's just, I think it's, a, I, I use the resource for myself and that's what I do. I tell people about resources that, that I think work well That one will remove you from all those online people directories. It takes about a month for them to really grasp all of them, but they continually do it. And so you can always remove yourself from all these online directories independently, but I'm telling you, it was worth the fee just to get myself removed. But all these little tweaks can change and protect you and keep you from being vulnerable out there. I mean, we still, it's the internet, it's online. We're still all vulnerable in ways, but you can limit it. And those are some of my tips to do that.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, I've got a bonus question, but I'm going to come back
1: after (laughs) question
0: number five, which is, you know, you you've spit out a lot of ways that we make ourselves vulnerable. And you spit out a lot of ways of things that we can do to get better at being less vulnerable. So tie that all together with a story. Share with us. I'm in a story that is going to make us move, right? Something that some, something happened to someone that unfortunately probably wasn't positive because they weren't doing the things that we just talked about and how this negatively affected them. Tell us a story about that and then tell us what the good outcome was
1: after. The perfect story in my head is for a colleague of mine who they were doing searches for their company where they would just go to one of those fifty dollar background check companies right and i happened to become a client of theirs and i was actually going to them for their services and we're sitting there talking i told them what i did and then they said well we're hiring somebody to handle everything in the front which includes you know all the money payroll there they had access to everything right all the confidential information and i said look, this is the recommendation I give all businesses, whether it's huge corporations down to small companies, you need to have an investigator actually handle the backgrounds because these little $50, $75 searches aren't gonna cover what you need. So I said, do me a favor, give me the report. I'm gonna take a look at this and I'm gonna do what I normally do when it comes to doing corporate due diligences and corporate backgrounds to protect my clients. And I'll show you what you really want to do. So I ended up finding out that this guy had two felonies that were financial fraud within the FCRA time frame of the seven years. It was just on the cutting cut point of it. They didn't find that out. But then, here's the kicker. I could find those online, which really ruined it for him. But what really ruined it for him on top of that was if we hadn't even found the, the financial fraud piece, him as well as three other candidates and the three other candidates didn't have any criminal, but they all had social media problems. Every single one of these four candidates and my, my client eventually said, I, we give up. We're not even hiring for a while because it was so disheartening that I was finding social media accounts that were negative. The one guy. The one guy was really fascinating. He's not the one that had the criminal. The one guy that had the criminal, he had a profile picture of him on Facebook um, sitting basically naked in a tub with bubbles and a glass of wine. And it was like public account. This was not going to be a good representative for them either way. Skipping over to the other guy that really stood out for me, there was nothing else wrong with this guy except he had a perfect... Perfect LinkedIn profile. It was set up, I mean, great professional photo. Everything was listed, terrific. Then I found, through the username, a Facebook account that matched his username. Now, people can have the same username, depending, but I knew it was him. The Facebook account was hefty, violent, um, political rhetoric, I mean, and he looked disturbingly scary, and the reason I determined it took some work, the reason that I determined it was him is there was a photo with a logo in it that he used with, um, I can't remember the phrase, but it was an actual photo. And I found that photo as the backdrop of the subject's LinkedIn page. So I knew it was the same guy. And when I sent the report to my client, he called me and said, Sandra, this isn't the same guy. And I said, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> and he said, looks totally different. I said, I know he does. And I said, but, and then I walked him over to that and I showed him the process of how to find that image. And he couldn't even believe it. And that would have been so detrimental to their business to have somebody like this in their company. And he had such a beautiful front on LinkedIn and a horrifying Facebook profile. So in that sense, the results of somebody not being incredibly careful about protecting every single little image because he I found it I found the vulnerability on this guy thank goodness for my client the outcome for this guy he didn't get the job the outcome for my client thank goodness he didn't get the job so every little piece like I was saying before every little piece can be something that can give you up so you've got to be very careful so that's probably one of my favorite stories getting that guy
0: speechless to us.
1: Sandra, thank you so much for your time today.
0: We really appreciate it. Hey, I really appreciate being here. As always, have a wonderful day.
1: You too. Thanks, Jeff.
0: Thank you for watching the CyberPro Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on new podcasts and bonus content.